Hey friends, what up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Chof Beis, Daf 22, Masech the Beitza. Friends, who can tell me what Daf 22 is about? So the truth is, we're really going to start on Daf 21, Daf Chof Aleph. We're going to um, learn two Mishnayas today. One of them talks about three things that Rabbi Gamliel was machmir, like Beis Shammai. And the other Mishnah talks about three things where Rabbi Gamliel was lenient. So, very, very interesting. Um, let us begin. We're on Daf Chof Aleph Mubez. We have a little bit to do on Daf Chof Aleph Mubez. I just thought that uh, since there was a Mishnah there, we would stop there. So, um, since nobody else suggested yesterday that we should go on, so I just um, stopped. One second, I think my mom's calling me. What? Was somebody calling me? Yeah. My mom wanted to use the printer, but I'm recording, so um, she apologized. But um, I can, let's see, one second. Hey, Ma! Hey, Ma! She didn't hear me. She's ignoring me. Probably just didn't hear me. Let's go fight her. So, um, alright. So says the Mishnah. Uh, one second, actually. Alright, whatever, let's go weiter. Says the Mishnah Shlosh Dvarim, Ramon Gamliel, Mach Mekedevi Beishami. There are three in Yonim where Ramon Gamliel is um, uh, stringent like Beishami. Here they are. In Tomnin Nesachamin Nechatchilo. Skip that word actually. In Tomnin Nesachamin Beyomtiv. So you can't uh, insulate, uh, you know, food. We learned about Hatmono in Mesech the Shabbos. That was very difficult stuff. Um, so you can't insulate food on Yom Tif. Okay, sounds nice. If you have a, a candelabra, I guess, that falls down, you don't pick it up. Alright. And they don't bake um, uh, thick doughs, rather thin doughs. They bake thin doughs, not thick ones. Alright, sounds fun. So from the um, days of my father. Now interestingly, yesterday we had Rabbi Yehuda ben Bava, who was the last of the Asari, Rabbi Malchus, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, who was the father of um, Rabbi, Gam, Rabbi Gamliel, was actually the first uh, the first of the Asari, Rabbi Malchus, I think, that we read about in, um, in, uh, in, in on Yom Kippur, that uh, it was Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel and... Um, and Rabbi Shmuel and they took a lottery to see who would go first. I, if I remember correctly, uh, uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel was killed first, which interestingly, I guess, would make him the first of the Asari, Rabbi Malchus, and um, uh, Rabbi Yudah ben Bava was the last. Um, okay, anyways. So, Omer Rabbi Gamliel, says Rabbi Gamliel, Mimein Shobes Abba. So, from the days of my father, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, Ohayu, Often Pete and Greets and Ellery Kikin. They wouldn't um, bake thick doughs. They would bake thin doughs. Omrlo. They said uh, to Ramagam What should we do for your father's household? That they would be stringent on themselves. They'd be stringent on themselves to, to say that they would only um, bake thin doughs, not thick ones. But they would be lenient for all of the Yidden, for all of Israel. They also open Pete and Greets and Vicharorin to be able to be, uh, to bake, uh, thick doughs as well as like doughs that you put right on the coal. 
That sounds really nice. The mice being put a dough that you put right on a coal. What is that? Is that kind of like pita? But pita you put in some kind of like, um, what is it called? Like a taboon or something like that? That sounds like an interesting thing. Just take dough and put it right on the coals. That sounds very nice. Hey, Chidami. Now the Gemara wants to know, what's the deal with the whole insulating thing? Right? The Mishnah had said that Rabbi Gamliel is machmir like Beishamai in that um, they don't insulate things on Yom Tif. Why not? If you, right, so assuming that, let's say it's a Friday and you're insulating, what are you insulating? Chalent, things like that. So you're basically insulating on Friday. Why? Because you want it on Shabbos. So now if you put out an Eruvet Tavshilin, so my time in the Beishame, what's Beishame's problem? You put out an Eruvet Tavshilin. And if you didn't put out an Eruvet Tavshilin, so why does Beishame argue and say it's allowed? So Amr Ravuna says, Ravuna the Olam Eimelach, really I'll say to you, that he didn't put out an Eruvet Tavshilin. Okay, so if that's the case, then why does Beis Hillel say that you're allowed to uh, do Hatman if you didn't put out an Eruvet Tavshilin? So my time at the um okay. So Uchdechayev Sharu Le Rabbanon. But the rabbis permitted enough to live on. So Kili, you'd be able to insulate enough to, to live on. And Ravuna the time, Ravuna is, according to his reasoning, the Amr Ravuna, if a fellow didn't put out an Eruvet Tavshilin, often lo pas achas, you can bake for him one piece of bread, and the Gosabach says, vitomnin lo kader achas, and you can insulate for him one pot, madlikin lo esaner, you can light a candle for him, mishum Yitzchak Amru, they said, uh, in the name of Yitzchak, aftzon lo dog cotton, you can even Roast from a small fish. So, um, what? So we're saying that according to Beis Hillel, you would at least be able to do something small for this fellow who didn't put out Neruvet Avshilin, like to insulate just one pot's worth of food. Tanya we also learn a brisa like this: Mishlo A fellow didn't put out Eruvet Avshilin. Ofen lo pasachas, you could bake for him one bread. Vitomen lo achas, you can insulate for him one pot. Malikimbo lo es haner, you could light for him um, a candle. Machamin lo kiton echod, and you can heat up for him one pitcher of water. And some say you can even heat, um, uh, roast for him a small fish. Rava Omer says, Rava, really, it is talking about that, um, yeah, if you notice in the Babylon Talmud episodes recently, there's been a lot of door slamming. There's a lot of activity going on over here. It's, yeah, you know, it's the, it's the Yom Tovim over here in Yushalayim, and the Gantz Raps Mishbacha is, is in town, so um, it's no longer just me in my quiet little um, cave. It's now a lot of people in a very active cave. So, And now it's just me in even more of a cave, if anybody's following the videos. Now I'm Amish in a cave, um, but a little bit of a noisier cave. So back to our Daf. So it says, Rave Omar Olam Sheniach. So really it's talking about where he did leave an Eruvet Tavshilin. He did put out an Eruvet Tavshilin. Well, if that's the case, then what's Beishamah's problem? Beishayni Atmona. But Atmona is different. Atmona is different than regular cooking. Because Atmona, if it's Friday, and you're insulating a chalent or something, why are you doing that? Clearly, it's for Shabbos. It's not for today. If it's for today, you just cook and you need it immediately. You don't need to insulate it. From the fact that you're insulating, it's clear that it's not for today. It's not for Yom Tif. And therefore, says Rava that when it comes to Atmana, even if you do an Eruvet Havshilin, you still, 
excuse me, you still wouldn't be able to do atmana because it's clear that the atmana is not for Yom Tif. It's going to be for, 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 for Shabbos. Cool. Again, so, Rav Amr Lo'olam Shinech, Vishani Atmana, that's different when it comes to Atmana, Dimuchu Chamilson, that acted the Shabbat of it, so it's clear that he is, um, insulating this not for Yom Tif, but for Shabbos. Ezvi Abai, now Abai asks Akashe on Rav, what does he ask? Chananya Omer, Ua, says Chananya, Beshame Omer, that according to Beshame, in Ofen Ela Imkein, Erev Bipas, that according to Beshame, if you want to bake on Yom Tif for Shabbos, well then you have to, Bake for your erivet tafshilin. You have to include bread in your erivet tafshilin. Ve'ein mevashlin elim kein erivet tafshilin. If you want to cook from Yom Tov for Shabbos, then you better include in your erivet tafshilin a cooked dish. Ve'ein tomnin elim kein ayilocham entumunim erivet Yom Tov. And if you want to be able to do atmone on Yom Tov for Shabbos, says Beishamai, so you have to insulate something for you as part of your erivet tafshilin. Ha'ayilocham entumunin mi'avid, implying. That, well, if you did insulate something for your Eruvet Tavshilin, well, then you'd be allowed to insulate from Friday for Shabbos. Even though it's clear that you're insulating not for Yom Tif, but for Shabbos. Elomer Abaye, so rather Abaye answers, Kigon She'eriv Lozev Lo Eriv Lozev. That it's talking about a situation where, sure, you made an Eruvet Tavshilin, but you made an Eruvet Tavshilin with a cooked dish or with a baked dish. You didn't do a, 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 a um, insulated dish for your Eruvet Tavshilin. Therefore, that's why you're not allowed to insulate something for, um, uh, from Friday for Shabbos. And it's in accordance to Hananya's uh, opinion of uh, is take on Beishamai. And... Um, so, but Basil says, no, even if you do an Eruvet Tavshilin with one cooked food, that, that, that would be enough to enable you to, um, do Atmana from, from, from Yom, from, from Yom to from Friday for Shabbos. Okay. Very nice. Ven Zokfin is Okay. Very nice. So, Bishamay, so we, the Mishnah said that Rabbi Gamliel is, is stringent like Bishamay that we don't stand up the menorah. My call of it. What's the problem? Who cares? Stand it up. Have a good time. Omer of Chinino Barbisno. Uah. Says of Chinino Barbisno. My, my, my friend Yosef Goodman. My chavar Yosef Goodman. Uh, Barbisno. He made a whole shtikotayra on Barbisno when we were learning Mesech Taksubis. It was a whole way of remember, remembering something. What was it? Like Samach Beis or something? Maybe. I think so. I think it was maybe Samach Beis of Mesech Taksubis is where there's the story with uh, Rabbi Akiva, I think. All right. Here we're talking about a um, candelabra that was made up of, of different pieces that you build together. That when you, you have to put it back together, it's like you're constructing. says that when it comes to vessels, you have to be worried, you have to be concerned about binyan even when it comes to just putting together a few different vessels. Whereas Basil holds, ain't binyan bekelim. There is no binyan, there's no building when it comes to vessels. There's no breaking things apart when it comes to vessels. So therefore, Beishame says that when this candelabra falls down, you're not allowed to pick it back up because that means you're going to be reconstructing it. And yesh binyan bekelim, yesh stir bekelim. You have to be concerned that you're not allowed to you know, use these pieces and reconstruct them. That would be binyan, which is a, a, a um, av malacha, I think. And 
if uh, and uh, but but Basilel says that uh, you know ain't binyan bekelim. Uh, binyan is when a building is when it comes to a house, when it comes to a tent, but not vessels. So therefore, that would be okay according to base Hillel. Ula ikla of Yehuda. Ua. So Ula was visiting Rav Yehuda. Givaldik. Ua. There we go. That was that was the door again. That was the door again. Baruch Hashem. Ula ikla levei Rav Yehuda. So Ula was visiting Rav Yehuda, which is Givaldik. It makes sense. Ula was like we, you know, Ula visits Rav Nachman, uh, Rav Yehuda. I think he was in that kufa of like maybe even I don't know. Does he overlap with Rav? But you know, Rav Yehuda and Rav Nachman are both students of Rav, and students of Shmuel, actually. Um, anyway, so Ula is visiting his friend Rav Yehuda. Come Shamoi, Ua. So Ula, I guess, had an attendant, which is very nice. Zakaf Shraga, and what he did was he tilted the lantern, the lamp, right, like those genie lamps. So he tilted the lamp away from the wick to kind of slow down the burning. Eisve. Rav Yehuda le'ula. So now Rav Yehuda says to Ula, "Hey, what's the deal with Mister Attendant Friend? Hanosin Shemin Baner Chayv Mishumav Yevamistafiyev Kimvenu Chayv Mishumachav." As we learned in Masechta Shabbos, that a fellow who adds oil to the um, candle, so he's chayv for burning. A fellow who removes oil from a candle is chayv for extinguishing. So how could it be that Ula's attendant did such a thing? So, right, that to, to sort of tilt the uh, uh, lamp away. So, Ula says, look, I wasn't aware that my attendant was, was, was um, engaging in, in such activities. Omar Rav says, Rav, Kanba Shari. Says, Rav, that Kanba is permitted. What's Kanba? Uh, trimming a wick. All right. That as a wick burns, and then there's like all the, that kind of, I don't know, charcoal-y kind of stuff at the top of it. So, you can like cut that away. Uh, if that's your thing. So Abba Barmarta asks Abai. He says, Can you extinguish the fire, right, if you have a husband and a wife and they want to sleep with each other? So, can you extinguish a fire um, in order um, to, to, so that it, to, to remove the light from the room? Oh, my Lord. So Abai says to Abba Barmarta, can't they go to somebody else's house? So ain't lo my. But what if there is no nobody else's house for them to go to? So So Abai says, well, can't they just find a curtain and make some kind of a, a separation between where they are and where the candle is? Ain't my. What if it doesn't have a curtain, lemaise? So So then in that case, at least. Can't you overturn? Oh, there's the door again. Let's count it up. That's number three. So, um, so can't you just overturn a uh, vessel on it? Ain't lo kli my. But what if he doesn't have a vessel? Only osir. All right. In that point, osir. Not allowed. All right. Eisve. But then Abba Bamata he asks. Ain mechaben es abikas kedei lachus that if you have like a piece of wood that's caught on fire, you're not allowed to extinguish it just to, you know, save the wood. But but if it's so that the um, house doesn't get all smoky on Yom Tif or Akdeira or the pot shouldn't get too smoky, mutter, it's permitted. So we see that in order to sort of salvage your Simchas Yom Tif, right, so that it shouldn't be too smoky or to, or your food, to save the food, 
So it's permitted. So if this is Simchas Yom Tev, shouldn't it be allowed to extinguish? So Omele, so by answers, I hear Rabbi Yehudai, Kikamino Ono, the Rabboni. That's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, that you'd be allowed to um, extinguish this fire so that the house doesn't get too smoky. But the rabbis disagree. They say you wouldn't be allowed to, and therefore you wouldn't be allowed to extinguish the fire in order to um, for a husband and wife to sleep with one another. Abai asked Akasha from his Rebbe and sort of stepfather, uh, foster father, Rabbi. Are you, if there's a push of fire, like Mamish, a fire, can you, like in the house, it's like going to burn down kind of thing, can you extinguish that fire? And says, Abai, look, I'm not asking about if it's life threatening. Life threatening. It's life threatening. People could die. So then even on Shabbos, you can extinguish that fire. What I'm asking about is, what if it's simply a matter of your house is going to burn down? I mean, not simply, like, that's a pretty big deal. So, so Rabbi says, sorry, you're not allowed. But one second, what about the Bryce that says, that if you, if on Yom Tif, you have a, a piece of wood that's catching on fire, you can't extinguish the wood in order to say, just to save the wood. But if it's to prevent the house from getting all smoky or from ruining the dish, so mutter, then it's allowed. So obviously, Mamela, if your house is on fire, it's getting all smoky. So if you're allowed to um, extinguish the fire in order to prevent the house from getting smoky, so Mamela, you could extinguish the fire to prevent it from burning down on Yom Tif. Because the house is definitely going to get smoky while it burns down. So I hear Kikamino Ono the Rabbonon. So again, um, so Rabbi answers Abaye in the same way that Abaye answered uh, Abba Barmarta, which is that that price is Rabbi Yehuda, whereas we Paskin like the Rabbis. But I mean, if Ashi me Amemar, if Ashi asks a kasher from Amemar, my likhole so ayin biyomtiv, can you put some eyeliner in your eyes on yomtiv as like some kind of a healing thing? Hechadika sakone. Now, if your life is in danger, so if your life is in danger, such as some kind of pussy kind of thing, or a ditza, oh man, who can tell me what ditza is? I don't know, some kind of hole in your eye or something? Doesn't look, doesn't seem like a very nice situation. Domo, or I guess if you have like blood or dimisa, too much tears, or fever or something? I don't know, or some kind of Bad situation is going to happen. Okay, lomi bayali. I'm not asking about that where there's like an actual danger. In that case, you're allowed to put an eyeliner even on Shabbos. What I'm asking about is sofuchla. What if like the disease is already on its way out? Or you just want to kind of like you know make your eye feel better, but you know we're not we're not talking about some kind of life threatening situation. My, amali oser. So my amemar says to Ravashi oser. But then Ravashi says, "What about the Mishnah that says, but you know, you can extinguish a fire for onig, for 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 simchas yomtiv, for yomtiv." So uh, Meimar responds like we responded that that is Rabbi Yehuda. We passing like the Rabbanon. Meimar shari lemikhal enam inochri b'shabato. Or Meimar permitted people to put eyeliner in their eyes on Shabbos from a Gentile. Yigedamim to those who say, "I'm Meimar gufe." Then Amemar himself 
put eyeliner in his eyes from a uh, Gentile on Shabbos. How come you're allowing a Gentile to put eyeliners in your eye? Is it possible because Ula um, says that um, you could do anything for, for a chole by way of a Gentile on Shabbos? And says of Amnuna, that if you have a situation where there's some kind of a sickness or a situation that's not life threatening, so you can allow a Gentile to do it for you. But that would be only where you're not assisting the Gentile in any way. But you are you are assisting the Gentile to put in the eyeliner in what way? To call you're opening and closing your eyes. And by opening and closing your eyes, you're also being active in some way. To which Mimur says, Yes, Ravashi, Ravzvid Taka says, like you are saying, argues like you're saying that I would be considered assisting. And I responded to Ravzvid and I'm responding to you, that assisting is not considered um, significant enough. So therefore that would be considered okay. Amemar, Sharal Mikhol Eina Biyom Tavsheni Ua. So Maymar permitted people to put eyeliner on the uh, second day of Rosh Hashanah. Alright, we learn about the second day of Rosh Hashanah. The second day of Rosh Hashanah is not like all other Yom Tov because we have to treat it as if it was Mamish two days of Yom Tov. So this is getting interesting. That if a fellow passes away on the first day of um, of, um, of, 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 of a regular Yom Tov, not, not Rosh Hashanah. So uh, Gentiles should deal with the burial. Uh, but if it's the second day of Yom Tif, so then Yidin can already deal with the burial. That even apply, by burial, it even applies to the two days of Yom Tif of Rosh Hashanah, which is not the case by an egg. If an egg is born on the first day of Yom Tif, on Rosh Hashanah, you would not eat it on the second day of Yom Tif. And therefore here, here as well, you shouldn't be able to just you know, apply eyeliner by, uh, on the second day of uh, of of Rosh Hashanah. It's not like all the other sec- uh, second days of Yom Tif. So, So, Amemar says, look, I pass can like Naradoi. Okay. The Amr that they say, that even when it comes to a um, egg, you'd be able to eat it on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Because what's the reason why you would say that it's not allowed to eat the egg, that you're not allowed to eat the egg on the second day of Rosh Hashanah? Are you concerned that maybe there was 30 days in Elul and therefore the second day of Rosh Hashanah is actually really Rosh Hashanah? But after all, says Amemar, didn't Rav Chinino Bar Kahana say that from the time of Ezra and onward, we have never found an Elul with 30 days in it? And therefore, Mimele, we can assume that the second day of Rosh Hashanah is, uh, is technically speaking not actually Rosh Hashanah, and therefore, you're allowed to put in um, eyeliner if that is your thing. Now, our Mishnah had said, from Pitin Gritzen, Elorikikin, that we don't make uh, thick doughs, but we can make thin doughs. Sounds very nice. Tanur Rabbanan, the Rabbis taught Beshame Omim, is the Gemara that we saw in Psachim, that Beshame say, in often pass over the Pesach. You can't make thick bread on Pesach. Basil Matir and Basil says no problem. Okay, so how thick is this thick uh, bread? Obviously, we're not talking about leavened bread. We're talking about unleavened bread. It's Pesach. Omer of Huna Tefach. 
When it says it could be a tefach thick, shekin masinu belechem aponim tefach, because we find that the lechem aponim was a tefach thick and it was not leavened. Okay. Maskev lo Rav Yosef. Now Rav Yosef asks a kasha. Amu bezrizin yomu b'shein and zrizin. He says I don't understand. You're going to say that because in the Beis Hamikdash the lechem aponim was able to be a tefach um, um, uh, thick. You're now going to say that everybody in their own homes on Pesach can make matzah that's a tefach thick and we're not concerned about it becoming chametz. I mean, making the lechem aponim in the Beis Hamikdash is the equivalent of like making something in a laboratory. Laboratory. It was like perfect conditions. So yeah, sure, in that case, they didn't have to be concerned about it becoming chametz. But every uh, uh, individual friend in their home who's making matzahs for themselves, um, we're just going to assume that they can make a tefach thick uh, dough and it's not going to become chomets. What, if they allowed it in the Beis Hamitosh, we have the Quanim that we've seen a number of times, Quanim's reasoning, that they're very meticulous. You'll say by just regular people that may be less meticulous. If we're talking about the Bismuthish with a dough that they need really, really, really well, and therefore I guess that would make it less chamitzable, I guess. Are you going to say that with just any other dough that they don't need so well? And I guess at some point it could, it could leavenize. Alright. What if they said in the Bismuthish where they specifically use dry wood? Are you going to say the same thing? Uh, for everybody, um, um, uh, you know, in their own home, where where they might be using moist wood, which doesn't get as hot. The, the oven was very hot. They were heating it up all the time for all sorts of things. Are you going to say in somebody else's house who, who who may not have such a hot oven? If you're, you know, in the, in the Beis Hamikdash, they had a metal a metal oven. At somebody's house, he likely has an earthenware oven, which doesn't get as hot. So, for all these reasons, what Yosef says, you know, it's a slippery slope. It's a risky thing to do to say that that Basil is saying that on Pesach you can make, uh, 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 you know, a dough that's a tefach thick. And the Beis is one thing, but not everybody in their own home. Um, so it says Now, of course, we know from Masech the Brachas that Rabbi was a Tamar Chover of Rav. Okay, so now, Amr Biyumi Ba'ava says, Rabbi Yumi Ba'ava, Sheila says, Rebbe, Biyichud. I asked my Rebbe, Umanu, who's his Rebbe? Rav, Givaldi. My pass of a pass meruba. Oh. So when Bas Hillel said that you can make pass of a on Yom Tif, um, it means a lot of bread. It means, it doesn't mean thick bread and a tefach thick. No, 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 that's risky, as Rabbi Yosef points out. It means a lot of bread. You can make a lot of bread on Yom Tif. Okay, and even though it's a lot of uh, effort, they still nonetheless say that um, it's okay, you can make it on uh, Yom Tefika Da'amir. Those who say, Omer Vyumi Ba'aba says, Vyumi Ba'aba, Omer Rav said, Rav, that Shailis that Rav asked as Rebbe, Bihichud Umanu, who's Rav's Rebbe? Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Wah. My pass of it, who's Rabbeinu HaKadosh? Rebbe. Wah. Kivalik. So Vyumi Ba'aba says that Rav asked his own Rebbe, Rebbe Yudah Anasi. Wah. My pas of it, what is this thick bread? It means pas merube, it means a lot of bread. But my car, they pas of it. Why do they call it thick bread? Mishum denefisha belisha, because they do a lot of kneading. Inami ba asri dahai, tana pas merube, pas of it, or maybe just where this fellow lived, 
that when you made a lot of bread, they called it Passover. All right, that sounds nice. Michtei Mishum Dekatoruch Tircha Tlotzaruchu. My area of Pesach. So for saying that the whole thing is that we're, we're concerned about, well, maybe he's, he's exerting too much effort in order to make all of these breads. And that's why Beishami say it's not allowed, but we still say it's okay. But my area of Pesach, what's so special about Pesach? I understand the first way we understood it, which is that we're talking about a thick bread and worried about chametz. Well, it's specific to Pesach. But if we're just talking about the effort that you're exerting and we're concerned that we don't want you to exert too much effort on Pesach, uh, on, on, on Yom Tif, well, then what's, why is this unique to Pesach? There's also a concern at all Yom Tovim. Enochinami. Enochinami, the Gemara says, you're right. Vitana biyomtiv de Pesach koi. Vitana was talking about Pesach. So he mentioned Pesach. Vitana nami yochi vitakalunin also in a brice like this. Beshame ovim se beshame in ofim pasmerube biyomtiv. Uvesil matirin. That Beshame said that you don't make a lot of bread on Yom Tov in general. Whereas Beshame will say, um, it's okay, it's not a problem. Okay, that sounds very nice. Now we get to a new Mishnah that says, that Rabbi Gamliel, while he was machmir in three places to be like Beishamai, he was also lenient in three places. Okay, let's see, let's see. You're allowed to sweep your um, dining room. Allowed to sweep your dining room. Alright, that sounds nice. And you can also um, uh, burn incense on Yom Tif. That also sounds very nice. And on Pesach night, you're allowed to uh, make a kid, a goat, kind of like um, in the same way, essentially, that they would make the Karm Pesach on a spit with its entrails and all that kind of fun stuff, which we had said in Pesach Pesachim that we don't. I think we don't even roast meat in general, we said on Pesach night. And, um, okay, say that, yeah, you're not allowed to do any of these three things. Okay, very, very nice. Says the Gemara, Omer of Asi says, Rav Asi machlokes legamer avolariach tevrakol muter. So says Rav Asi that this machlokes between Rav Gamliel and the Chachamim regarding can you burn incense on Yom Tif? It means can you burn incense in order to um, make clothing fragrant? Rav Gamliel says, yeah, it's no problem. Whereas uh, the Chacham say no, but everyone agrees. But everyone agrees that you'd be allowed to simply um, uh, put some incense to burn some incense to smell. That 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 would be um, acceptable. Okay. Meisve, we have a kasha. Okay, so the Bryce says that we don't sweep up the dining room on But in Rabbi Gamliel's house. They take would sweep the um, the floors on Yom Tif. Okay, sounds very nice. Omer Omer says Says many times I went after my father my father Reb Tzadik to Reb Gamliel's house. They would not sweep the dining room on Yom Tif. Rather. They would sweep the dining room from Erev Yom Tif, and they would um, then lay out like sheets on top of the floor. Now, I don't know if we're talking about a dirt floor or just a regular floor that maybe we don't sweep regular floor because of dirt floor. I don't know what is going on because it's, it's a little surprising me to think that in Rabbi Gamliel's Gamil house they would have a dirt floor, but maybe... Anyways, so then they would sweep the floor before Yom Tif, and then they would put they would cover the floor with a sheet. 
Lemacher k'shorch nichnasa, and then the next day when the guests would come, misalkin esasadin, and they would remove the sheet, and then memele finimtza abayis miskabed meelav, and the it looked as though the floor was freshly swept because essentially it was preserved by way of the sheet that was laid over it since it was swept on erev yomtif. So according to Blazerbrab Tzadik, he wasn't actually sweeping the um, uh, floor. He was he was it was as if he was sweeping the floor. Amulah, they said to him, but then I don't understand. If that's the case, after Shabbos, Mutulasos came, then it would even be allowed to do this on Shabbos. You're just laying out, you're just lifting up a sheet, basically. So, therefore, the rabbis don't understand what Rabbi Lazar Tzadik is saying, and it must be that, uh, the, that Rabbi Gamliel says that you're actually allowed to sweep the floor on, uh, on, on, on Yom Tif. Okay, let's go weiter. Ve'ein manichin esamugmur Yom Tif, and the Chacham say that you're not allowed to burn incense on Yom Tif. Mishal Gamliel, manichin, boom, four. Okay, uh, that was the door again. So, and by Rabbi Gamliel, manichin, they would put out, they, 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 they would burn incense. Okay. Omer Belozer Bab Tzadik, Pai Mimhai Benichnosti, Achter, Acher, Abba, Leves, Rabbi Gamliel. So it says Belozer Bab Tzadik that he went to Rabbi Gamliel's house many times. Belohayu manichin is a mugmur biyomtiv. And they would not bring out incense on Yomtiv. Elo, Mivin Adaskos Shal Barzel. Rather, they would, they would, they would bring, um, these censers. I think these are called censers, like incense censers. Umashnin also me Erev Yomtiv. And they would burn the incense from Erev Yomtiv. Ufokakinikveen me Erev Yomtiv. And then they would plug up the holes of the censer from Erev Yomtiv. And then the Machuk Shaorchim Nichnosim Poskin and Snikveen. Then when the, um, guests would come the next day, they would open up the holes from the censer, and and all the um, incense that was prepared from the day before would then exit the holes, and um, and and the incense would spread throughout the house, and it was givaldik. If that's the case, then that would even be allowed on Shabbos, because what are you doing? You're burning incense before Shabbos, you're plugging up the holes, you're unplugging them and letting the incense come out. What's the problem? So from the fact that, that the Chacham, that Rabbi Gamliel is saying that on Yom Tif you're allowed to do this, it must be that actually he's really burning the incense for the people to smell. Now, what's the Shiloh? Okay, that was a long bride. So what, what, what's the question from, from, from this long bride? So the question comes at the end. What we just said, which is basically the Chacham are saying that the Machlokas between the Tanakama and Rabbi Gamliel is actually about can you burn incense on Yom Tif for people to smell, to make the house smell good. Um, and, and so, whereas Rav Asi says that the Machlokas between Rabbi Gamliel and the Chacham is about can you, um, um, burn incense, uh, for, to, so that to make clothing smell good, but everyone would agree that you'd be allowed to burn incense just to make the house, you know, to spread throughout the house. But based on this Bryce that we just quoted, it seems like the Machlokas is Davka about Rebbe, uh, Rebbe Gamliel would say that you'd be allowed to um, actually burn incense on Yom Tif to spread throughout the house, and the Chachamim would say that you're not. So it, it seems that uh, the Machlokas is about that. So Ela Yitmar Hachi rather you have to say it like this, Omer of Asi says, Rav Asi Machlokas L'Ariach, that the Machlokas is um, about, you know, can you burn incense to smell, you know, to smell Gishmak. Avolagamer also, but everyone agrees that the burnt incense to make your clothing smell fragrant um, would certainly not be allowed, as we're going to learn on tomorrow's daf. Friends, that was daf chavbeis of Mesechta Beitzah. Oh, friends, who could tell me what we learned about chavbeis? We learned two mishnayos, the We learned the first mishnah 
three instances where Rabbi Gamliel is machmir, like Beishamai. The first one being to insulate, um, um, ooh, five. Okay, that was the fifth time the door was slammed. So, um, um, so, 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 the first one was that Beishamai says that you're not allowed to insulate, um, um, food from Erev Yomtev, uh, uh, from Erev Yomtev for Shabbos. We gave three reasons to explain why that might be. Rafuna says, because uh, he uh, he didn't leave out an Erev Tafshil. That's why he's not allowed to um, uh, uh, do Atmano there. Whereas uh, Rava says that, no, he put out an Erev Tafshil, but an Erev Tafshil doesn't work for Atmano. Then Abai says, well, uh, he, Abai basically proves that according to Beishamai, if he uh, uh, does Atmano in his Erev, if he, if he insulates something for as part of his Erev Tafshil, then he can uh, insulate things on Friday for Shabbos. So therefore, it must be where he did a Rebbe Tavshilin, but he didn't insulate something. He cooked something, he baked something, but he didn't insulate something for Rebbe Tavshilin. The second case that we had in the uh, Mishnah is that you're not allowed, that if a, if a, if a candelabra falls, you're not allowed to p- pick it back up. And we said that the issue over there is that, well, it's a candelabra made up of pieces that you might reconstruct the pieces. Bishamai says that, that there is building when it comes to vessels. Whereas Basil says that there is no building when it comes to vessels, only when it comes to like houses and tents and things. So therefore, uh, Basil says that it would be um, acceptable. And then the last thing was that um, uh, Bas- Shammai says that you're not allowed to make like very thick uh, breads. And we said that ultimately what it means is that you're not allowed to make lots and lots of bread out of concern of Tircha, but Basil says that it would be acceptable. Then we got to another Mishnah where we said that there are three places where Rabbi Gamliel is actually lenient. And that is that he says that you're allowed to um, sweep your house on Yom Tif and you're also allowed to um, 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 uh, burn incense and you're also allowed to roast a kid uh, similar to the way that the um, Korban Pesach is is uh, roasted, but the rabbis do not agree with that. And we said that what it, it says of Asi, that the Machlokas, first he wanted to say that the Machlokas is Davka about, um, can you burn incense uh, to fragrantize clothing? And that Rabbi Gamil says yes, and the Chacham say no, but then we prove that, um, actually it's talking about, can you burn incense just to make your house smell very nice? Rabbi Gamil says yes, the Chacham say no, but in terms of making clothing fragrant, everyone agrees that, uh, that's a no-go. All right, friends. That was Daf Chavez, Daf 22. I hope you enjoyed. Cheers.